shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Hey, come on, one, two, shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot your shot. Welcome back to the Shoot Your Shot podcast. My name is, it's always Bradshaw Furlong, it's still Bradshaw Furlong, and I'm joined alongside Karina Mustafa. No weird, again, no weird intro for me this week. I promised her I wouldn't give her a weird intro this week, so just a regular one. Karina, how are you doing? I'm good. I am on cloud nine. Cinnabon followed me, told me that they love me. It's a good day. <laughs> I mean, that, that, I, we were on, we were in a, a meeting earlier today when that happened. And Karina was very excited. Like I've never, I don't think I've actually seen Karina as happy as I saw her in that, in that specific moment. Like she lost her mind. It took her a solid like 10 minutes to come back and like realize like, okay, let's finish up the podcast meeting. Let's finish up, like get our topics down. We can't talk about Cinnabon for the whole show. I mean, we could, we certainly could talk about Cinnabon for the whole show. Uh, and they'd they have to sponsor us. I was going to say, if they want to sponsor us, well, I, I will gladly, gladly yeah. do that. But We're shooting our shot. <laughs> and until i mean that was not the only uh time that a shot was shot this week that was you know it's it worked that worked uh <laughs> speaking of i guess shooting their shot in a bad way uh some teams hired some coaches and one of them was good we'll get to the good one in a moment that is the boston celtics uh let's start with the dallas mavericks and the portland trailblazers uh, so the Dallas Mavericks, uh, as I'm sure most of you know, hired Jason Kidd and the Portland Trailblazers hired Chauncey Billups. Both of those gentlemen are bad people. Uh, they've done bad things in their in their life. I'm not going to detail them here because I feel like most of you should know it. And if you don't, Google is free. Uh, Google is a great tool. I love Google. So use it as much as you can, especially in this instance, if you don't know what we're, what we're talking about. But those were not good hires. Um, I'll start. I want to start specifically with the Mavericks because, I mean, again, anybody listening here knows I have personal experience with Jason Kidd and I have a personal, I guess, vendetta against Jason Kidd. Uh, not even, again, I've said this so many times, even if you just put aside the terrible things he's done in his past, this is not a good hire. And people were trying to defend it and saying, you know, he has experience as a coach. What good is experience if he wasn't very good in that experience? It just shows that he is not a very good coach and they hired a bad coach. Uh, and then a lot of people obviously came out and they were like, oh, well, he, you know, he's a championship winning player. Well, who cares what he did as a player? I certainly don't. Michael Jordan won plenty of championships and he's a terrible owner. But hey, he won championships as a player, so he must be good at everything, right? Everything related to basketball decisions, he has to be good at because he won championships. It, it doesn't mean you can't use a player accomplishment to defend a coach who's obviously show like if, if you want to get into like, oh, they haven't had head coaching experience before, then you can use some of the player experience for sure. But he's proven to be a bad head coach in two places. There's no defending this. And then when you add on top the terrible things he did, it's an instant for me anyway. I think for any reasonable person, it should be an instant. Yeah, we're not interviewing him and we're not definitely not hiring him. Um, the same can be said for Chauncey Billups in that the, he did terrible things in the past, which would automatically take him off of these lists. Um, but I, I like with the Mavericks, I understand like they wanted an experienced head coach. They want someone with head coaching experience. Uh, Terry Stotts was on the board, guys. I don't know um, what stopped you from hiring him. He was better, uh, coached better teams, um, is a better person, and just overall would have probably been a better option. He's not as much of a dick either, which is a, another step. Um, so I'm, I'm a little questioned by the decision-making of the Mavs in general. They also hired uh, Nico Harrison, a former, well, now former Nike executive as their general manager. So that should be interesting to see how that goes. I can't make fun. Of, I can't like crap on that hire as much because I genuinely don't know anything about him. It sounds like players like him. And I mean, half of being a GM is having connections and trying to get players to sign with you. So maybe that helps. But the 
coach was a bad decision. Uh, Karina, I will let you go now um, because I, I've said my piece on Jason Kidd over and over again. He's not a good coach, and he's an even worse human being. So please take it away. Give me your general thoughts on, I guess, both of the coaches, or you can just pick one. It's so frustrating that we are talking about this this week because it just feels like up until now, all I've been saying and all we've been saying is, please don't hire Jason Kidd. Please don't hire Chauncey Billups. It's been like weeks that everyone's been saying that and placing this kind of pressure. And the NBA just never disappoints, you know, but in a bad way. Um, And so it's so frustrating on so many levels. And I find it so funny when people come after me and say, give me all like that whole argument that he has experience and like that he's a good coach. It's like, I really question your basketball knowledge yeah, because this is just blatantly wrong. And it just seems to me like you're more willing to defend a, an abuser than to just admit that hiring a, actually a good candidate, regardless of gender, it was a better idea in mm-hmm. the first place. And I just, I cannot comprehend how this keeps happening. And, you know, the Mavs have a history of bad hires and it just feels like, it's so weird because you go from someone like Rick Carlisle to Jason Kidd and you, do you think that's better? Do you think that's good? Because that's a major drop off and like you said like terry stoss was right there mike d'antoni was right there like i'm not one to advocate for like middle-aged white men getting jobs but they are much better candidates in this situation and it just doesn't make sense to me it's i'm so concerned not even concerned i'm confused i guess would be the right word that again so the mavs obviously wanted a head coach with prior experience they wanted that kind of coach fine i understand that so again, Terry Stotts, Mike D'Antoni, they were there. Um, so if they didn't want to hire Becky Hammond because they wanted someone with experience, I understand. I get it. The Blazers hired someone with no experience. Uh, Becky Becky Hammond has probably, I think, about the same, if not more, assistant coaching experience than Chauncey Billups. It is has an extensive history as a better, bas- an objectively better basketball player than Chauncey Billups. So if you want to use the player argument, that's that as well. Um, so I just, I genuinely, I don't get it. It just seems like in that hiring process, cause it's, what were the three names at the end? It was Billups, uh, Becky Hammond, and was it, it D'Antoni? Was Mike D'Antoni, and yeah. D'Antoni, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, again, if you want to go with an assistant, D'Antoni's out, you still have the two people there. Uh, it, it just seems like those two, it seems like D'Antoni and especially Becky Hammond were kind of just like, oh, here are two names that we're also looking at because we have to make this seem like we're not just hiring Chauncey Billups and look we we were we're progressive we're a trailblazing organization uh no they are not uh and then Damian Lillard the Blazers uh, star player who uh, essentially got to choose the head coach uh well he didn't get to officially choose because Jason Kidd said no uh maybe he knew this was coming um yeah, Damian Lillard tried to defend it and said, you know, he he didn't read the news when he was seven or eight years old, so he didn't know about it. And uh, he, he obviously doesn't agree with what uh, Chauncey Billups did in his past. So, uh, hey, Dame, you can still say that's bad and also recommend that they don't hire this person. I don't think the pen's been put to paper yet, so I think you still have time. If you actually cared, you'd do something about it, buddy. But doesn't seem like you care. It seems like you're full of a lot of just, like, I don't want to say virtue signal, but he's, he's a, seems like he's a big fan of like say, saying things, like saying David Vanterpool should be a head coach. But when it comes time for action and saying that Chauncey Billups did bad things and you don't agree with him. But again, when it comes time for action, there's no action there. It just he seems like. He loves to post quotes on Twitter. He's very. Random un- <laughs> quotes that seem inspirational, but are really just performative. He's just talking into the abyss is really all he's doing, to be honest with you. He's just saying he's just saying things to make himself look better. I just because again, we've I said this before. Like I was confused about the whole like David Vanterpool thing. That made no sense to me. It still doesn't, to be honest with you. But and then you do this where you're like, oh, I don't agree with you know what he's doing. I don't agree with what he's done. I wasn't reading the news at seven or eight. That's fine. Like like Karina said to me before, she wasn't even alive when this happened. But again, Google exists. You can look up these things. It's not hard. 
And I understand if like people didn't know about it because a lot of people didn't. They've done a very good job covering these things up because that's what professional athletes get the benefit of dabbing. They get these things covered up. Um, but you can still find it. It's out there. It's not like it's public knowledge at this point. Like you know, people should know about it. Uh, so I, it's just, there's, there's no defending this. Like there's no defending what Dame said and there's no defending like Dame not doing anything about this. I, I just, it's just, this is baffling to me. It's, I mean, it shouldn't be because like, this is just commonplace. This is what men do, but it's just, I, I can't believe like that we're doing this again and again and again. And it's, it's not going to stop. These shitty, shitty people are going to keep getting opportunities because it's a old boys club. And that's what the NBA is. You saw, you saw LeBron tweet out, you know, I'm so happy for Jason Kidd. It's so sad. He's leaving the Lakers organization because, th because these guys don't care what other men, the, the, these men don't care about what their buddies did in the past. They don't care. And it's really, really sad and shitty to see that they're just not going to actually like take any steps to make this better. It's going to keep happening because these guys don't care and they just want their buddies to get jobs. That's all that that's all they care about is seeing their buddies get jobs, no matter if they're shitty people or not. Yeah. Um, I want the listeners right now to just sit down if you're not and just listen to what I'm about to say. Because I do have some words and I like I need people to have an open mind about this because everything that I've seen this past weekend and the past couple of weeks has been really, really discouraging. And so, okay, my first and foremost advice is to stop idolizing athletes and organizations. And before people come at me in my mentions, because they already have with the Raptors, yes, they're my team, but I don't idolize them because here's the thing they don't care about you. There is this sort of like brotherhood in the NBA. You know, we've seen it through Fred Van Vliet supporting TD as a friend, even with everything happening. And like you mentioned before, like LeBron and Jason Kidd. And so now we're seeing it through the likes of Damian Lillard. Like, do you ever stop to question why he would search up his name in a post that didn't even tag him, first of all, just to dogpile on someone who was actually making a point? No, because Dame is a star in your eyes. And let's say, like we talked about before, like he didn't read the news at seven to eight years old. Okay, neither did I. But guess what? I wasn't alive when Chauncey Bella, when that case happened. Google is free. Like we've said so many times. Dame says he didn't know his story and that he doesn't support that thing, to put it in his words. So now what? What is the most influential player on that team who sat in for the interviews going to do about it? You say you don't support it, but are you just going to accept it? And like, maybe once we stop sucking up to players on Twitter, maybe we'll realize that they aren't all that. Just like the number of women that had to put their triggers aside just to speak out against the boatload of people defending these hires. Like it was very hurtful for me to see. We shouldn't have to be like gaslit into thinking that we're emotional or crazy because we're upset about this. I mean, rape culture is perpetuated because we don't teach boys boundaries and respect when they're young. It's not supposed to be teaching girls to avoid sexual assault. It's supposed to be teaching boys not to touch girls. End of story. And when Dame turns himself into the victim of slander and the narrative that we're going to make him leave Portland or whatever, it's diminishing the victims that are living in silence because their abusers have been given a platform again and again. And honestly, like it needs to stop. Yeah, I, I you, you said it again better than I probably ever could. Um, I, I, I specifically want to touch touch on uh, the idea of not idolizing like players and organizations, especially organizations, because. Again, you see it a lot with. I, I, I'm not going to. I'm not just trying to shit on Raptors fans and, and specifically, but this is uh, uh, something I've mentioned to my friends plenty of times. Um, you know, they have the whole thing like, oh, the Raptors are such a great organization. They're like, they do so many of these things, like all oh, the, the Black Lives Matter stuff. They're a very progressive organization. They, but however, I mean, Adrian Griffin had things come up about his past, and there wasn't, there was barely anything addressed there. Uh, they had Terrence Davis on the roster for far too long. I understand that. They can file grievance. The NBAPA can fire grievances, file grievances. But even after the verdict came out, nothing happened. Like there's not like you can't or idolize organizations because organizations will always let you down because they do not care about you. They do not care about your morality. They do not care about their own morality. Masai Ujiri, I don't want to make too many comments with Masai Ujiri as a person, but I'm sure as a person he's a fantastic guy. I'm sure, but he and Bobby Webster are fantastic people. I'm sure there are fantastic people in that organization, but 
they don't care about they put they have they put their morals aside because they want to win basketball games. Never forget that. Never forget that these organizations will always do what they think makes them better now. And they will never they, all these things don't matter to them. They absolutely should, but they don't because these organizations don't care about anything other than winning. And the sooner you realize that, the sooner you realize that like okay, I can't put my like heart and soul into these organizations and these players. Because they don't care. They do not care. Idolizing teams and organizations and propping them up as to be like these like progressive, like beacons of positivity and like morality. Never do that. Never do. Because every team, every organization is terrible. Every single one of them. They might yeah. have some good people, but they're all terrible. Yeah. And I was extremely disappointed to see when Damian Lillard was, you know, tweeting out. And I saw a lot of Raptors fans who were defending him and saying like, you know, Dame, we love you and things like that. And then actively speaking out against the women that had a problem with it. And mm -hmm. that just really didn't sit right with me. I was like, I, I cannot believe I'm seeing this right now from people that I thought, you know, were pretty decent. Mm -hmm. Everyone will show their, I guess, show their colors when the time comes. Uh, let's get to a little bit of positivity, I guess, with a hire. Uh, the Celtics hired Ime Odoka, a former assistant on the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, I, I, I think he's a, a, a very good guy. I thought he was a very good candidate. I thought uh, it, there's a fantastic hire by the Celtics. It sounded like they kind of were interested in him for some time. It sounded like Brad Stevens was kind of like, this was his guy. Um, I, I, I like the hire. I, I've, I've, I had to do a lot of researching for assistance a couple of years ago when the Bucks hired Mike Budenholzer. He was a guy that came up a few times when I was looking up good assistance. He came up. So I'm happy that he's getting an opportunity. I'm happy that it's, he seems like a pretty non-problematic guy, and they the Celtics did it of all the teams too. Crazy, the Celtics! Wow, can you believe that <laughs> we're talking about the Celtics in such a positive light? Wow, it's very rare that uh, the Celtics come out looking better for having done something. But hey, you know what? It's they like needed a w. some. Wow. They needed <laughs> they needed some good press at some point, and hey, uh, they got it. I, I I'm assuming you have similar thoughts to the hiring of Ime Odoka. Yeah, I think it's solid. Um, <laughs> I'm so happy that the Celtics finally did something right. I, I feel like with Danny Ainge out now, you know, even though we've talked about Brad Stevens getting promoted and how how right that decision was, like this this is a good step. And I'm mm -hmm. hoping the Celtics, you know, start to kind of shift the narrative around their team and their organization a little bit at least. And maybe this this helps. Now the next thing we need to tackle is their fans, in my opinion, because the team is pretty likable. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, uh, there are a lot, plenty of guys on the Celtics. Like, the Celtics are uh, would be a, a generally pretty easy team to cheer for. It's just if they weren't they, in Boston. I, yeah. I was about to say they just play. They happen to play in Boston, which is the issue. Um, Jay Williams though had a tweet. Uh, he congratulated the Celtics for hiring their first black coach. What like that's crazy. Like that's really wow. The the Celtics hired their first black coach, guys. That's crazy. Uh, no, we're all excited about the Celtics, but come on, man. I mean, hey, that's the, their first black coach. This is this is obviously something to be very excited about. Uh, this is Doc the, Rivers erasure. <laughs> I was gonna say it's uh, the first black coach. If you ignore Doc Rivers, Casey Jones, and Bill Russell, uh, Bill Russell's in the Hall of Fame as a coach. Casey Jones, I believe, is in the Hall of Fame as a coach, and Doc Rivers will probably be in the Hall of Fame as a coach and won them their last championship. So. Uh, Jay Williams was obviously told that, that was incorrect. He deleted the tweet and said he was hacked. Um, <laughs> I love it. When, yeah. <laughs> if you were so helpless, Karina, if you were to hack someone, if you were to hack <laughs> me, <laughs> would your first go-to be to send a tweet that is just wrong and that's it? Oh no. I'd have so much fun <laughs> if I hacked you. Um, all the Bucks propaganda would just go down the drain. Oh, God. <laughs> That's how people would know that you've been hacked. That's um, true. That's true. But yeah, I just, I, I find it very weird when players do this. And someone like Nick Young likes to do this a lot, where they'll tweet something or they'll post something that is just either wrong or just really weird. bad. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then they'll say, oh, I was hacked. But we all know they weren't, and you're just making yourself look twice as bad than as <laughs> if you just took accountability for your tweet. Like I just don't understand why it's so hard to do that mm. um, because everyone knows you're lying. 
and you just made yourself look like a fool. So really, what was the goal there? Like I, I talked about this on an episode a couple weeks ago that I'm just like, we need to be more willing to be wrong. Just you could just delete the tweet and just you could you didn't even have to admit he was wrong. You could have just deleted the tweet and kept it moving. Because yeah. like no one would remember Jay Williams did that. Like yeah, he might get because he said he was hacked. Yeah, exactly. but now we're gonna be like, oh, well, now you doubled down on it for with a stupid reason. Now you just yeah. look even worse coming out of this. Like, no one's gonna hack you and just say, and that's gonna be the tweet. That's not it, you, buddy. Come on, you have to realize what like a hacker actually would do. That that was like, I'm not like nothing. I'm not trying to like slander Jay Williams or anything. This isn't like anything insane. It's just like why? It's like why did you do that? <laughs> um, more former players doing things, I guess. It's a week, the week of former players doing stuff. Uh, Scotty Pippen decided to just unleash every opinion he's ever had. Um, he had an interview with GQ, I think it was about like with some because of like some bourbon or something. I don't know. He has some bourbon now, or I do. He's promoting it. He's taking a lot of nice photos, so it's just good. He's taking some nice photographs of him sitting there with his bourbon with his first take quote above his head. And that was that was interesting. The cigar kills me. <laughs> it's just he literally he doesn't care about anything he's just it's so it's been so funny i truly just think he just he says he just likes to say things to say things like it's it's damien alert but like on a much more toned down version because it's just basketball takes yeah i feel like he was starting to feel irrelevant and i was like hold up i need to say something i need to make myself relevant again (laughs) scotty pippen was sitting at home with his with his bourbon of course um he's probably thinking to himself hmm Scotty Pippen's not in the news recently. Scotty Pippen's got to be in the news. Let me do an interview and just say stuff like Ben Simmons is afraid of being humiliated and that LeBron won a ring with no help and that KD didn't play team basketball. That certainly got, I mean, it got him back in the news. That's for damn sure. Uh, KD then responded because it's it's Kevin Durant. <laughs> He's going to respond. If there's a notable person saying something about him, hell, you don't even have to be that notable. Uh, if there's someone, a random Twitter user, if you're saying something about Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant will find it. He might find this. I mean, he can't search his name on the podcast, but he'll might, he might find out that we said something. If, if yes, please come on the show, sir. Um, we'd love to have you 30, 35 ventures is a great brand. Don't listen to our other episodes. (laughs) (laughs) I love Kevin Durant. I have always been a big Kevin Durant fan. He's moved up to my second favorite player of all time because of his, his tweets. LeBron has moved down to three. Um, so there's that. Um, that's what your general thoughts, Karina, on Scottie Pippen saying things. Like, what, what, what'd, you th- what'd you think of Scottie Pippen and being in the news again? Um, I honestly just found it, like, weird and funny at the same time. Like, it mm-hmm. just seems to me like this guy's bored. But I also feel like this was kind of genius marketing for him. Because, like, when was the last time we've talked about Scottie Pippen outside of, like, Michael Jordan uh, conversations right mm. so I mean the last scandal to happen was like with him and his like ex-wife like Larsa Pippen and the whole Beasley, Beasley yeah situation yeah. which was it's another that's a mess that was a um, mess so I feel like he just needed something else and I guess this was the way to do it he he's seen that you know Katie likes to just reply to everything and just say things and he thought okay I want to, I want to be the center of attention. I want to get into this. And it's honestly been like entertaining to watch. (laughs) I think that the photos when he posts of himself, like with the cigar again, like I just, he doesn't care. And I I love that. It's, it's certainly been quite the time for Scotty Pippen, but it's just, we were talking about just like, this has been a week of players and former players saying things. And I just wanted to have a quick discussion about just, and I've talked about this with my with my friends before, but I haven't actually said it onto a podcast. And I want to just get it out there in the open for everybody. Player opinions aren't the holy grail. You don't need to take everything a former player or a current player says, and it's like, oh, well, they must be right. They the, he played the game of basketball as a professional. He must be whatever he is saying must be true. Uh, no, there are plenty of dumb things players and former players say all the time. This week is a prime example of it. Scotty Pippen said dumb stuff. Jay Williams tweeted a thing that was factually incorrect. Damian Lillard is just insane and just says that he's just a performative man. I just, this, like, I stop letting former players dictate what your opinion should be and you'll be freer for it. 
do not let in the uh, inside what is it inside the NBA, yeah, NBA and TNT, whatever the hell their show is, the comedy hour or whatever the hell. Um, <laughs> like it's you're not getting analysis from those three. <laughs> like yeah. god damn, like we don't need Shaq to tell us what to think because he's wrong some of the time. Like they're most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. Uh, he he hates any big man, so like he's obviously a that little biased. A new, yeah. Charles Barkley says everything wrong except for the bucks he's right about the bucks this year hopefully i mean he was also right about them in toronto i still have his the bucks stop here sign that he was holding <laughs> up in jurassic park it's saved in my camera roll and uh, well i haven't used it yet because i haven't had a chance to but i do like his i do like his guarantee button i think that's a fun bit they do i like they like i, I don't know they had a dog come out one time they had mm-hmm. the confetti. They had ping pong balls one time. They had donuts one time. That was an interesting one. I think it was funny last year when, when they were doing first round predictions and it was Portland against the Lakers. And he's like, Portland's going to sweep them after they took the first game. And then the Lakers just ended up winning the whole thing. Oh, he Paul, like, he, he, oh, Paul, he, he Paul Pierce did. Paul Pierce did that with the Buck Celtics series. It was great. Yeah. Celtics won game one. Paul Pierce, like, it's over. Yep. Series is done. And the Bucks won the next four games because Paul, right there another former player saying a dumb thing. Wow. And it's not like just general media members that haven't played in the NBA aren't like the Holy Grail either, but just we're more there. Some people are more critical of those people because they didn't play the game that they just like blindly trust the players instead have a healthy distrust for all of them. They all can say dumb thing. I say dumb things all the time too. Yeah. Or at least take everything with nuance you know i mean Mm -hmm. no one is super amazing and smart but no one is like you know saying just bs all the time on tv like there's got to be a balance here and so extremities are never good take everything in moderation take everything with a grain of salt and i think that's that's a good name for today's conversation yeah uh and i feel like we've been dumping on former players a little bit too much today i i I don't want to i don't want to again i don't want to say all players are bad they're not I'm going to shout out a couple good ones. I think Karina and I made a, li- a small list. I just want to shout out a few. Uh, Grant Hill has been fantastic when he calls games. Please have him do it more than Reggie Miller. Another former player who's bad at his job. Stop using Reggie Miller. Stop using Mark Jackson. These guys are not good. Reggie Miller said the Buck, the, the Nets should sit Kevin Durant and James Harden after game five. How much more dumb can you be? Um, oh, I still can't get over that. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> Like, if that doesn't tell you that this guy doesn't quite know what he's talking about, I don't know what else will. I do what feel bad concept, for Reggie. I do feel bad for Reggie Miller because he had to pick up like Marv Albert just all over the place because Marv Albert's 80 years old and should not be calling basketball games at his old age. Like, there were so many times where I was just like, I'd hear Marv Albert say something like, What is happening? <laughs> Like there was one, there was one instance. I think it was in the Bucks uh, Hawks series. Like I think it was Gallinari. Like took a long three, but it was obvious. Sorry, a long two, but it was obviously a two. Like both feet were inside the line, mm-hmm. and he's Gallinari hits the three, <laughs> went down the other way. Ah, it was a two. His foot was on the line. <laughs> it's like no, but it, it was clearly both feet were inside the line, Marv. Oh boy, he's so oh, old. I'm so glad he's done. Shout out to Marv Albert. I mean, actually, no shout out to Marv Albert. He's a piece of shit, too. But, um, you know, I'm just glad he's gone, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'm just tired of this. Get some new blood in there. Uh, anyway, Reggie Miller, not great. Speaking great of new blood, yes, I do want to shout out some people because they're not former players yet, like maybe in a couple of years. But Candace Parker. I had her on my really list. Yeah, good. I think that she's got an amazing future as a broadcaster mm-hmm. whenever she decides to stop dominating W. Um, I feel and like the, also, dominating the New York Liberty. That was really uncalled for, but <laughs> I gave you a lot of bucks slander in the pod. So sure. I'll allow it. Um, I also I mean, have, your NBA team's on the playoffs, So I got to find something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you got me, you got me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> another player I have that is also not a former player yet, but Draymond Green. Oh, I yeah. okay. feel like he's he's a lot more civilized when he's on the broadcast, which is very, very like contrasting to see compared yeah. <laughs> to him as a player. And I feel like, you know, if he has a future 
in broadcasting if he does want to do it mm-hmm. like you said we need to get some new blood in there and especially you know kick out some other former players that maybe shouldn't be there but yeah those those are two that I have on my list just I I really I really like them and I I enjoy listening to them talk I wish Candace Barker would go on other shows because I can't stand to watch Shaq just like get on her every single time she's there just Candace Parker says anything and Shaq has to have an opinion on it I'm so impressed with how she handles him like it's it's amazing but uh it yeah. truly is a, a real life version of Twitter with those two. She, a woman, says anything, and then the man comes in. Well, actually, mm-hmm. except the you know the man is wrong as well as always. Um, uh, so yeah, I had Grant Hill. I I did have Candace Parker as well. Shout out to Vince Carter. Vince Carter has been really good when I've heard him on broadcast. I hope they use him more. I know he's new to it, so they probably didn't want to rush him in. But Vince Carter was great. Uh, shout out to Kia Nurse as well. She was fantastic yes. when she did stuff for our, the local broadcasts here in Toronto. For those outside of Toronto, she was, she was calling out sets. Yeah, she was really good. Was she like, was great. Wow. Another personal one of mine, because uh, I've had to listen to him and watch him for the last, like, well, I think it's last, like, at least four years now. Uh, Marcus Johnson on the Bucks broadcast. Very, very good. He and Jim Paschke. Uh, shout out to Jim Paschke retiring. But Marcus Johnson is great. Very, very good. And anyone who says otherwise is incorrect and they don't know what they're talking about. Marquez is fantastic. Um, and I'm not the only one who thinks that. Other people like Marcus Johnson too, all right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just wanted to be sure. I not argue with you on that. Yeah, I, you don't, don't, I don't listen yeah, to so you don't listen the Bucks broadcast enough. Exactly. I have free reign to say whatever I want about the Bucks broadcast because you can't have an opinion on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Speaking of the Bucks. Uh, they're still in the playoffs, as I'm sure I've made that very evident. Um, they're tied with the Atlanta Hawks, 1-1. They blew the doors off of the Atlanta Hawks in Game 2 after narrowly losing Game 1. A game, I mean, if we're being honest here, they should have won Game 1. They just played, they didn't play terribly. It just, they didn't seem like they had a ton of energy. And it seemed like some of the defensive strategy they had was a bit questionable. It just letting Trey Young have too much space to operate. It was game one was a tough game for Krina. She did not enjoy the the, the Trey Young show in game one. I think she probably enjoyed it less than I did, and it was happening to my team. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think all things considered, I think it was good for the Bucks to lose game one. Um, slap just in the like, face. Yeah, it, it reminds me of when I'm gonna hate myself for saying this but it reminds me of when the raptors lost game one against the magic back in 2019 in the first round and they just went on to like win the next four games and i feel like this is kind of like that for the bucks too mm-hmm. um so I, yeah i know we're going to talk about whether it was a fluke uh i really i can't believe i'm saying this but i really hope that the bucks just you know continue to adjust well and roll out the remaining games because i don't want to see the hawks in the final okay but success i do have a screenshot of one Karina mustafa saying she uh, saying go bucks so that i was is... in a i was in a vulnerable state of mind okay but it's all this, good this is true i i have said that i my my bucks opinions at my lowest cannot be taken Seriously, yeah. and Karina's Bucks opinions can also not be taken as seriously <laughs> when she's getting beaten down by seeing Trey Young shimmy all over the court, which is fair. I understand that. Uh, I want to actually bring up a little bit of quick breaking news. Actually, we have a report from one Chris Haynes. Oh. Um, the backlash from Portland Trailblazers coaching search and his concerns over whether a championship contender can be built have become major factors that could force Damian Lillard to request out. League sources tell at Yahoo Sports. I feel like that first part is a bit of a lie. I think it's more so the championship roster part because we saw how much Dame Lillard truly didn't care about the backlash from the coaching search. Anyway, initial thoughts on the initial report here, Krita. I am. I'm not surprised actually that this report came out. Um, like I said before, there is, there are going to be people who are going to say you forced uh, Damien out of Portland. Mm-hmm. And so I think that even before the coaching stuff happened, that he was probably still reluctant about that team and that, you know, there were still questions of whether he was going to go, you know, chase a ring somewhere else. And just the fact that this is coming out now after the coaching stuff 
it's done on purpose to make it seem like that's what it was. But I agree with you. I think it's more of a roster thing than than a coaching thing. Here's a quick, I'm just looking at the article now, I'll just give a quick line from the article here. Lillard has remained loyal to Portland in large part due to the tremendous fan base, but over the past few days, he's seen some of those same fans attacking him on social media for a pending coaching hire. He played no part in consummating, sources said. Huh. Did he write that? <laughs> because uh, it was mostly Raptors fans that were going after him. But the Source, I assume, here is Damon Lillard. <laughs> Um, that's very interesting the that coaching they would was, report that the next day as well like people were yelling at me on twitter so i'm just gonna leave the team like that seems like a bit of an overreaction but whatever yeah that's that's definitely uh, an overreaction uh, another one from here uh the coaching search was conducted by neil olshay the team's president of basketball operations none <laughs> of the candidates that were surprise, interviewed were surprise. from suggestions from lillard sources said again chris you can just say the source Damon Lillard. (laughs) (laughs) And although the all NBA guard has a relationship with Billups as a coach announcer and former player, he had, that's a weird as a coach announcer and former player. Okay, sure. Didn't need to throw that in there. Um, He had no prior knowledge of the past sexual assault allegations against him from 1997. Um, Again, Google exists. It feels like Damien's writing. this. (laughs) It's just, instead of Chris Haynes, it should just say, Damian yeah, Lillard. because this has turned into a defending Damian Lillard report. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I we'll move on. It's it seems like a lot of just performative nonsense once again from Damian Lillard. Um, back to the Bucks uh, and Karina cheering for the Bucks. Um, <laughs> speaking of adjustments, we'll talk. About, I want to get a little bit into the adjustments because everyone, you know, everyone up in their arms. Oh, Mike Buttonholzer doesn't adjust ever. He's terrible coach, bad, dumb face looking dude. Doesn't adjust. He adjusted very well in game two. Uh, Brooke Lopez played higher in the drop. They switched one to four. They look good. They looked like a really good team. They look like a team that is trying to win a championship. Crazy, right? Um, I hope, I hope uh, this continues in game two. I mean, I would, like you said, I would start, I mean, for obviously personally, I would love to see them just have the same thing in game two happened the next three games. And I mean, Hey, even the next four or well, I guess next seven games, just do that seven more times and you'll be fine. Um, I, I, I thought I really, obviously I really enjoyed game two. Uh, I thought game one, I don't, I wouldn't want to say game one is a fluke for the Hawks. Like they did play really well. Trey young got whatever he wanted. He looked incredible. Uh, but then obviously the, everything afterwards was about how incredible Trey young. And again, I don't want to take anything away from him. He had a great game, but, uh, it just seems like we're getting lost in the weeds a little bit of like, okay, Trey Young has a great game. We'll have a big discussion about Trey Young. Devin Booker, great game in game one, had a big discussion about it, as we should. Devin Booker played really well. Kevin Durant has a great series, all-time great series. Let's talk about it. Absolutely. It feels like we lose a little bit of the discussion when Giannis has great. I don't know, and again, I might just be biased for this. I, maybe if Karina wants to tell me I'm wrong, she absolutely can. I just want to get this piece out of the way first. Um, he's been amazing. Like in these playoffs, he's almost averaging like 30, 13 and five. Like these are like, we're getting like prime Shaq numbers from Giannis. And it just seems like every time he has a good game, it's like, yeah, he played really well, but he takes too long at the free throw line. He shouldn't be taking three pointers. And I'm guilty of it too. I talk, I yelled about his three point shoot. I said, he should be smacked over the head with a large fish. If he takes (laughs) three pointers early in the shot clock, I'm guilty of this too, but it, it just feels like, he needs there it just seems like there needs to be more love shown to Giannis for how well he's played in these playoffs like he didn't have the greatest scoring numbers against the heat but he had a 15 assist game he rebounded the hell out of the ball he locked the hell out of Jimmy Butler and it just seems like we're not giving Giannis the credit he should be getting cuz everyone like on Zach Lowe's most recent podcast he said you know these player these playoffs have belonged to Devin Booker, Trey Young and Kevin Durant And for the most part, it seems like that's the narrative that's been happening. It just seems like Giannis should also be part of the conversation of owning the playoffs with these ridiculous numbers he's he's putting up. It feels like something where we're going to look back on it in a couple years and we'll be like, wow, Giannis had put up those numbers. That's crazy. Wow. What, like how was no one talking about this? We absolutely could be talking about it. We should be talking about it more. In my opinion, he has flaws in his game, but what player doesn't? What player doesn't have the Giannis isn't perfect. No player will be. Let's enjoy what we're watching instead of just 
wanting to criticize him at every step because it just seems like that's what happens. It seems like Giannis will just get all the criticism. He had a very nice spin move where he like, and then he like went up for the dunk, changed midair to a layup, and everyone was like, oh, but he spun. So like, you know, who really cares? Is he always spins? Oh, he's always spinning. But Pascal Siakam, and so, guys, let's just enjoy what we're watching, please. And it's not just Giannis. In every aspect, let's just enjoy it. But it just feels like more recently with Giannis. Um, please tell me if I'm off base, if I if I'm if I'm wrong here. No, no, I think we're pretty much on the same page. Like I actually have like written down here that you know I think even with his flaws and all, like like you said, like every player has flaws and. I feel like we're focusing a little bit too much on that. I think he's still doing what he needs to be doing for his team. If you take a look at game two with the threes, he was 0 of 3. So it's not like he's chucking up, you know, 10 threes per game. His game really is in the paint. And I think the biggest thing for Giannis is that he has a lot of confidence. And that's why he does chuck up those threes, even when he doesn't need to. But I think that that confidence is what helps him with his like real game, that the part that he actually does well. And he's their MVP for a reason. Mm -hmm. And what I think is that we should be giving Giannis more praise because he's been their more like consistent player for the Bucks. And I think that the attention or slash criticism should be on Middleton Mm -hmm. as opposed to Giannis because like, let's take a look at his stat line in the last game. Like, he had 15 points. Brooke Lopez had 16 points. So oh, that's the Brooke. Yeah, Brooke's been fantastic. I'd like to add as well. I, I want to yeah. quickly shout out Brooke Lopez. He's been amazing. But pretty much all playoffs. Yeah. And so with Middleton, I mean, he did have eight assists. But I am curious to hear your thoughts on him because I mm-hmm. feel like we've talked about him for so long how he, like, he needs to be the closer because Giannis isn't the closer. Um, it helps that like Drew has been like finding his mm-hmm. rhythm in this past two games and he's been kind of helping on the offensive side. But I do feel like if that wasn't the case, like a lot of attention would be on Middleton. Yeah, uh, it, it, it certainly does. Well, he got he got a lot of crap in the in the Brooklyn series, uh, especially after the first couple games. Uh, he, 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 and then the, after game one, a lot of Bucks fans were obviously very, were, were critical of him as well. Cause he, I mean, if he has a, a regular Chris Middleton game, they probably win. Yeah. Um, but the, it's, he's, he's been very like hot and cold. I think his like home road splits were like ridiculous and he didn't even play well in these like last two home games. So like, it's not even like a home road thing anymore. It's just, he's been struggling a little bit and I, I'm not quite sure what it is. He does. He has his limitations as well. Where like, I mean, you see it, he's not a great ball handler. Like he's fine. He can provide a service and he's a serviceable passer, but like, when you put pressure on him handling the ball, he gives it up a lot, and it's very frustrating. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Like it seems like more of this should be going to Middleton, and more of this should be going to, I don't know, some of the other Bucks players like Drew Holiday in the net series instead of, oh, Giannis is taking threes, Giannis is taking too long at the line. That's why they're losing. And like I even think like I, I've said this to to Karina earlier today on our in our meeting that like I feel like even Bud's getting a little bit. Too much criticism, even for Bucks fans. Bucks fans are giving but a ton of criticism after game one. They like again, they're like, Oh, Jeff Teagman. But it's it's really interesting. I know Jeff Teague shouldn't play, I agree with that. But we look at the way people look at okay, Ty Lue in game one against the Sun, like in every game one, he's played like his whole bench. And everyone's like, Oh, this is good by Ty Lue to like see who's gonna be who he's like who's ready to go and like who he can play. Mike Buttonholzer plays his full bench in game one or not even his full bench. He just played a couple extra guys in game one. Yeah. Dummy. What an idiot. Why is he playing the bet? Why are you, why is he playing these? Guys? And like, and again, Teague shouldn't play. He played five minutes and the next game he was out of the rotation again, Bud isn't blind people. He's not blind. Like this is what I, then this was like my, my thing with um, when we had the Bud discussion earlier this year was that he gets treated like one of the worst coaches in the league and he's not. He's absolutely not. He knows more about basketball than I, 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 if I ever had half the basketball knowledge that Mike Budenholzer, if any of us had half the, the knowledge that Mike Budenholzer had, we would be, be much better off for it. Like we would be, I'd be, I'd be, have a great job right now if I had half the knowledge that he had, but like, it's, it just seems like that there, the narrative gets out, the narrative gets going and it's, it's almost too hard to stop. Like the narrative, okay, Giannis can't produce in the playoffs. He's been incredible in these playoffs, like in pre- pretty much every series. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just that's something I just wanted to get off my chest because I felt like 
Giannis has been unfairly criticized for a lot of these playoffs. And we're just not talking about how great he's been. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, you know, you don't have a terrible coach and your coach can draw up whatever plays they need to. But at the end of the day, what you need is execution from Mm -hmm. your players. So when we're looking at it, you can blame Bud all you want. You can blame Giannis all you want. But when we we have to look at players like Middleton or, you know, whoever, because at the end of the day, like execution is a huge factor in mm-hmm. games, too. It's not only coaching and drawing up plays. I forget what game it was. I think it was one of the games in the in the net series, one of the first games in the net series. I um, they, they, they played terribly and everyone's like, oh, Bud, what an idiot again. Bud's terrible. And I was like, ah, yes, Mike Budenholzer is the one missing all these shots. Ah, good. I, I see we can just nail it down to Mike Budenholzer is missing the shots. He's calling bad plays. He's doing everything. It's all because of him. That's yeah. the reason they, they, he was the reason that Drew Holiday shot poorly in, in the net series. That, that, that he's the reason. Clearly, if he's such a terrible coach, he must be the reason. Cause that's the only thing I've ever seen when people criticize the bucks. It's just all oh, bud, not doing it again. I don't know. I hope the, uh, I hope the, uh, I, I just hope, I hope that I, I want them to win a championship, obviously just for my health. And like, just so that'd be a lot of fun for me to see. But also just to see if they would get who would who gets who gets praised. Will they actually praise them or will it be, hey, Giannis won a championship, but hey, he took too long at the free throw line. So does it really count? I don't know. That's that's all that matters is how long you take at a free throw line, apparently. Um, it is odd. Like I will admit, like that free throw thing is odd, mm-hmm. but I I'm not gonna blame it for whatever happens in the game. It's He's just even- a, one of those things where, you know, maybe he just needs to like work on it on his own time or whatever Mm -hmm. in the gym but it's not something that i'm overly concerned about and it's also something that he's not shooting well enough at the free throw line for me to like make a fuss about it if he was like hitting 80 percent of his free throws and taking a long time then teams should be like he's getting like this is clearly like it's helping him and he's shooting really well like we got to speed this up he's shooting like 50 percent like (laughs) what are you gonna do (laughs) i mean i guess like if you call the rule then it like he it goes down to zero percent because he doesn't get to take the shot but it just doesn't make any sense to me why teams are so up in arms about it. But I'm also biased, so I, and I understand that. Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about with the with the Bucks and Hawks? Or are you good? I'm good. I think we gave them given them enough attention. That's true. <laughs> that is we we always give the Bucks a little too much attention, but that's because I'm here and I have to. Um, let's go to Suns and Clippers. I didn't get to watch all of Game Four, but it was a rock fight. By the sounds of it, I mean, you just look at the box score; and it was eighty-four to eighty, and a lot of uh, Bucks Nets game three vibes in that se- in that game. It, it was more of an ugly game than it was like a fight, and it, it gave <laughs> me a lot of you know that ugly game against like the Bucks and the Nets that they had in their mm-hmm. series. It kind of gave me those vibes. I mean, both teams, like both the Clippers and the Suns, had a stretch during the game where they went like at least five minutes without scoring, um, which is why the score is what it was. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as nice of a game, but yeah. Well, some of it, I feel like some of this has to go to Devin Booker and Chris Paul. So Devin Booker in his last three games has shot 30% from the field, 13% from three, which uh, as I said to Karina earlier today, that's like Giannis three point numbers right there. That's, that's ugly. (laughs) Uh, Chris Paul in his two games since coming back, 26.8% from the field. Both guys just have not been very good, but the Clippers have only able they've only capitalized on one game. Uh, it, it, do you feel like the Clippers have kind of like blown their chance in this series? Like this was the, like they had a chance to be up three, one. I mean, you, if you stop the vat, the Valley oop is what they call it. Uh, if you <laughs> stop that and then you win, you know, they won game three and they had a real chance to win game four. But that was just the one of the weirdest endings I've ever seen to a game in game four. But do you like did they blow their chance? Like, is this not even just to tie it, but also like they could be ahead? Yeah, I mean, they had about like a dozen possessions where they had a chance to either tie the game or take the lead. And I know you don't like to talk about momentum. Uh it, it just didn't feel like they could create any. Um, like I said, like it was kind of an ugly game. Mm. I don't think a game like this happens again. Right. Um but the thing with LA is they had a good third quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, 16 of their 30 uh, third quarter points were scored in the paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had like 15 out of their 20 attempts coming from there as well. And they only attempted three, uh, three, three pointers um, there. So they just couldn't close it out in the fourth. Um, obviously, like we're going to talk about this a little bit, but they were on the other side of a couple of big calls down the stretch. 
but I still feel like when they messed up those free throws at the end, they could have at least tried to play the foul game instead. It's, it's a really tough one because they did give the Suns a lot of trouble. And, you know, I tweeted this out, but I said, like, the Clips need to steal this one. Like, you have to take advantage of the Suns playing how they are. You have to take advantage of Devin Booker fouling himself out, mm. um, especially when the decisions that he was making in that game were very questionable. It's a tough one. I, I can see them making the series, like, 3-2, but I just don't see a full comeback from them. It just And it's just because... They've had to come back so many times in this playoffs already. I just, I don't see them capitalizing on it. Yeah. It, it seems like this is like, it just seems like they're kind of done. Not, I don't want to say they're officially done. Cause like, I mean, yeah, they're not done. There's like a huge chance that they'll make it three, two. Um, but I, I don't, I, I don't even mean like, games. yeah, I mean, done is in the fact like I don't think they're winning the series. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, but I don't want to say that cause we've seen them come back from like, being down two games I know, before. I feel like we, we say it every series. We, we really do. But at a certain point, I think it has to like it, it has, has to, to end. Yeah, yeah, it has to end at some point. They can't keep coming back. Like it's very hard to do. That's why it doesn't happen very often. Because I mean, if it was easy, more teams would certainly do it. I mean, but it especially without Kawhi. Like Kawhi, this is true. Uh, it like it, it seems like Kawhi is not coming back anytime soon. So it seems like we're kind of seeing like the Clippers are kind of being stretched to their limit of like how far they can go without having Kawhi and having to rely on like a Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Terrence Mann, Avicii Zubac, kind of like, okay, one of these guys has to step up, probably two have to step up for the Clippers to win a game. And it took like Booker and Paul shooting terribly, like the two big star scoring players for the Suns shooting terribly. I mean, obviously there are other players in the Suns, like DeAndre Ayton's been fantastic, but the, you, these are these were your chances. Like you have the opportunity staring you in the face, and you couldn't take advantage of it. It just seems like if you couldn't take advantage of this, it seems like you're kind of done here. And I don't want them to be done. I want this to be a really good series. I, I mean, I would, eh, I would say I was going to say I'd prefer to play the Clippers in the final as opposed to the Suns if I was the Bucks. But I, they're both they're both like equally tough opponents, especially if uh, Kawhi does, especially if Kawhi comes back. Uh, Kawhi certainly looked very excited uh, at the press box in that game. I loved <laughs> Mike Breen's call of that was so was so good when they panned to Kawhi and he's Kawhi is going he's, he's so excited he's just sitting there just clapping. <laughs> Mike Breen is the best. Yeah, um, I mean, like Kawhi. I think if Kawhi was in the series, it'd be a lot closer. Oh, it'd absolutely, be, it'd look a lot different. Um, obviously like it really hurts them in that fourth quarter when they do need to close the game out because now you are having to rely on Mr. Magic Goggles or Mr. Twin or Mr. Man and uh, yeah, Mr. Man Mr. Man I, I don't know I didn't have something else for him uh, you know Terrence the man okay uh, <laughs> yeah so like just Kawhi not being able to come back into this mm. series it is it always was going to be a limitation for them. Like I said, I was impressed with the way that they've been able to give Phoenix trouble. But on the other hand, I'm also disappointed with the fact that they haven't been able to capitalize on these games. Like they could have just as easily been up 3-1. And I think that if they do end up losing this series, I thought that's going to haunt them. Um, but we'll see. It's a lot of missed opportunities for the Clippers. Um you wanted you mentioned the refing in game four. I didn't get to see a ton of it, so I'll let you carry most of this here. But what did you overall think of the performance of the referees in game four? Yeah, I, I'm not one to just like always fully blame it on the refs. Obviously, mm. you know, refing is a hard job. Sometimes refs make questionable decisions. There was this one possession where Nicholas Batum kind of deflected it off of campaign. And the ball went in, out of bounds. It went off a campaign, but the refs called it Suns ball and the Clippers lost possession. And that was one of those moments where it was, you know, late in the game and it was like a turning point. And it was just another one of those can't get over the hump, can't take the lead back from the Suns. And so when stuff like that happens, it is unfortunate, but I do like to say that these mistakes need to be fixed in the first part of the game. Um, you shouldn't be putting yourself in this position in the fourth quarter. I've said this about the Raptors all season because that's literally what they do. They mess things up in the first half of the game, and then you're putting yourself in a really difficult position where you're you're going to have to rely on the refs at the end of the game. And so I don't think all of it 
should be put on the refs. I think a part of it, you know, stuff happens and it's okay to feel frustrated, but going into the next game, you have to be like, okay, we have some problems. We can't blame it on the refing and we're going to have to try and solve it. Otherwise we are going home. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree in general that just blaming refs is silly. And like, I know fans love to do it. Yeah. I saw a couple of Clippers versus refs tweets and I was like, come on, what are we doing here? Like, please. Like you, you, like you said, you need to put the game to a point where like, it doesn't have to come down to the refs. Like there are bigger issues. If you're in that close of a game, clearly you were doing something where like, not, not that you know, in every close game means you're like doing something wrong, but mm-hmm. you're probably doing something wrong in the game. That's why you're not ahead by like 30 or so points. Um, and like where you have to make a, where the refs have to start becoming a factor. Uh, I, I'm just, yeah, I, I never have too much time for the ref conversations. Those are, it's always just like salty fans be it like, yeah, like nothing can change now. Like there's no point in dwelling on it, you know, exactly. You just have to look forward and that's it. And especially if it's like, especially if you're like, so like for me, if I think like, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe I'll see a couple like calls where I'm like, Oh, I don't agree with that in a bucks game. And then I'll see obviously bucks fans like, Oh, we're getting like killed by the refs. I'm like, okay, let me like wait until like a national media person or like a neutral person is like, Oh, the referee is not that the refereeing hasn't been that great in this game. And then you're like, okay, like there's probably something here, but again, you can get by that. You can't get like, this isn't like, this isn't some conspiracy where you're going to get like, where the refs have such a factor in the game that you have no chance of winning the game. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, we overcame the team plus the refs. Like that's not how this works. They're always. Yeah, in I think bad one of the refs was like Zach Zarbo, wasn't it? Yeah, I feel like. Yeah. He's a fine mm-hmm. ref. Like I don't really have any complaints about him. So. Yeah, the only complaint I've ever seen was when he coached, when he was uh, refing the game, I think it was game six, no, game five, I think, in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks fans are like, oh, Zach Zarba's from Brooklyn. He's going to make a bunch of calls for the Nets. And I'm like, this is silly. Oh, this God. is dumb. This is so dumb. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that's not oh, how it man. works at all. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That, those just, are... They just need to, like, feed the fire somehow. They have to get rid. They have to blame it on something that isn't their own team. They got to fight about something. Uh, so I wanted Krita. This is specifically for Krita because I'm too biased to make a list like this. Uh, I want you to. Ra- I wanted her to rank the four remaining teams by her confidence level to win the championship. So give me the team you are least confident in to win the championship right now. I assume oh. I know who it is. Yeah, it's the Hawks. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, I have them at the bottom of my list. I just think that, okay, so in the game two against Milwaukee, yes, Trey Young had a not so good game, but if you look at his supporting cast, they didn't have a good game either. And I think that's what comes down to it is that we like to focus a lot on Trey Young, but we also need to focus on, you know, Kevin Herter, you know, John Collins, the Williams, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so at this point, I just don't see them winning. If they somehow make it out against the Bucks, that's going to be due to the Bucks' mistakes, not to the Hawks, like necessarily doing something amazing. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I have them fourth. Don't worry, I'm not. I'm not biased with Trey. I understand how good at basketball Trey Young is. <laughs> Okay, this is I wasn't going to go there. I wasn't going to no, go is, there. This okay. is for the listeners, okay? okay? This is for the listeners. Okay, fine. I am not biased, I promise. Okay, so my one, I have one question about that. Okay, yes. Would you move them up to third okay. if you knew that Kawhi was not coming back from the playoffs? See, that's the thing. That's why I'm like kind of back and forth because I have Clippers in third, mm-hmm. but it's a very close right. third. Um. If Kawhi is not coming back, so let's say, okay, let's say the Clippers somehow beat the Suns and then Kawhi's like, I'm coming back, then I'll keep them where they are. But if he doesn't come back, then sure, let's okay. move them down. Okay. So like, if you knew he wasn't coming back. I mean, let's move forward. the Hawks up. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's, okay. they'd still move down either way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So obviously the Clippers are third. Give me your little, I guess your spiel for the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, they're down three, one. I don't think they can make another comeback. It is what it is. Paul George is really good. The magic goggles trio people are, you know, when they go off, they go off. Right. But I just don't think that if they can't close games, then I don't have a lot of confidence in them. And that's really what it comes down to. Okay. That's fair. I, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, it's pretty easy to, 
it makes sense. I, I think any, pretty much everybody could agree that, you know, the Clippers are down 3-1. There's not a lot of confidence to be had there in that team. Um, so I have I, to be some, like, like psychic person if I knew that they were going to win to put them, like, higher. So it comes to, I, I mean, I guess this a process of elimination, it means the Hawks and the, uh, sorry, the Suns and the Bucks are the final two teams remaining. Am I correct? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wow, what are thoughts? Sherlock Holmes over here, folks. Um, however you want to announce who you're more confident, most confident in, you can do it two to one. You can just say both. Or you can say one to two. You can do both at one, uh, both together, one at a time, however you want to do it. For me, for these two that are left, it's like a 1A, 1B thing. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm not sure is because, A, so I put the Suns first, and then I put the okay. Bucks second. Um, and... The reason that I'm thinking this is that, okay, so A, the Suns are playing against the Clippers right now. They aren't playing at their best. They are up 3-1. So it's me, to me, it's like, I don't know how much I can gauge, like how good they're going to be against the Bucks or the Hawks or whoever comes out of the East. And then I have the Bucks second because they've only played two games with the Hawks right now. And the first one was like close and the second one was great. But then again, it's like it's the Hawks who are yeah. good, but they're not the Suns. And when the Suns are at their best, I think I'm a lot more confident in them. Right. So I'm just going to need to see. That's why I'm giving the edge to the Suns right now. I don't think the Suns are going to have a bad, like a bad, you know, quotation. They won the yeah. game, but, you know, a game like that again. So I'm giving a slight edge to the Suns. But at this point, I wouldn't mind the Suns Bucks final. I, I think would, that would I, be I'm, very interesting. I would be supporting that, actually. I would be very supportive yeah. of a Suns-Bucks final. I think, I think it'd I be pretty that, entertaining. I called that earlier in the season, I think. I, no, I didn't call it, but I said I would like to see it earlier. Let me see if I can pull that up really quickly. But, oh, yeah, um, I probably laughed at you and said, no, I want a Suns-Nets final. <laughs> I mean, probably. Probably. Um, but, yeah, I just – I think – yeah, I think that's fair. I, I would. I, I mean, I, I'm biased, so I might have might have the Bucks slightly ahead, but I also I can't. Oh, and disagree. for sure, it's going to change. Like my confidence in these two teams are going to change the more that they finish their series or whatever the, the series go on. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, it's a one A one B thing right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think that's fair. Um, I was going to say, do you think? Would you have the Clippers? That's not the Clippers. Would you dock if the Suns lost? I guess game four. Or game two, and it was two two. Mm-hmm. Do you then have them a little lower, or just like I think the, so? Because okay, then so the result I guess matters like a little the, bit. The result matters a little bit because then now I'm wondering if I move the Clippers up. Right. Okay. But like I wouldn't put the, if it's two two. I think I'm still not putting the Clippers high that high. Ah, uh, yeah. It's it's so weird. It's like one A, one B, one C, <laughs> and then just the Hawks. At two at two two, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't bother moving the Clippers up because we're just not sure about Kawhi. That's mm-hmm. what that's that's like where my whole confidence comes in for the um for the Clippers. That's that's okay. my that'd be my that would be my one thing. Um, because for me, it, like with the Suns, it's almost like a it's they obviously they've won three of these games. But the process to get there hasn't been the best, and yeah. I'm concerned. Obviously, Devin. I'm Booker, concerned, but I feel like we should still have some confidence in them. Oh yeah, I'm not saying like put them to three or anything. Like they're still, <laughs> they would still be the, they would still be my number one. I'm just concerned about like, and again, Booker and Paul aren't going to play like this all the time. They're too good to play like this all the time. I'm just worried that like, if they have these games again against like a Milwaukee. Can they even if could they even like if they had these games against a Kawhi led Clippers team? I don't think we're looking at a team that's up 3 1. Yeah, we're looking at a team that's either tied 2 2 or I mean, very realistically could have been like we said earlier down 3 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm a little I'm just worried about the pro not again. I don't think they're gonna, I, I think they'll be fine, they'll come through this okay. I'm just curious to see. Like what happens if this continues going into the final and you play a team like the Bucks who are good and healthy is the thing. Like the Clippers are good, but they're not healthy. Mm-hmm. The Bucks are good and healthy enough. So I'm very, I'm very interested to see. Like I, I'm looking for. I, I don't want to look ahead. Obviously, this the Hawks can still win this series, and the Suns could very well blow this series. I guess, but it's looking like a Suns Bucks final, and I think that will be a lot of fun for everyone. 
uh, I, I tried to find my tweet earlier, but it ended up coming up for me where I responded to a, or I quote retweeted a Nick Young tweet because Nick Young says the worst things. Weakest playoffs ever. Nobody want to see Nets versus Utah or Suns versus Bucks. I think anybody with a brain would love to see Suns versus Bucks. They had two of the best games this year, this season. It just that's just silly. I, I, I'm so another another instance of a player saying a dumb thing. Shocked. I'm shocked. Uh, players are dumb. They don't always say the right things. Some players are dumb. They don't always say the right things, and they need to be uh, held more accountable for the dumb things that they say. Because. Listen, location doesn't matter for where for good basketball. Good basketball can be played in any with two markets that don't matter. It really doesn't matter. Oh, those arguments piss me off. Um, do you have any parting thoughts on anything we discussed today? Any Dame Lillard stuff you want to get into now that he's uh, maybe requesting a trade? Do you have a, a, a destination you'd like to see Dame Lillard go to? Uh, nowhere near my team. Thank Ooh, you very you much. D- wow. An official I, stance I, from Karina. I'm gonna, I'm gonna piss people off by saying that, but <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I can't. Like, I don't really care where he goes. I don't care if he goes fair. to my team. I don't. I really don't care. That's fair. Uh, he doesn't affect my life. <laughs> it was only when Giannis was coming. That's the only time Karina wanted a superstar on her team. That was pretty embarrassing. Not gonna lie. That <laughs> 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 the Giannis era was. Uh, Pretty embarrassing on, on the behalf of the Raptors Twitter. And well, now they've just turned their attention to literally every, any other player that ever existed ever. If, if we get into that, we're going to be here for another hour. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another topic for another time. We'll save that for another show. Um, I think that's it. I think we're good. Uh, Karina is going to be gone for a little bit. So it'll be me. I know everyone's hearts just broke. Now we're gonna, all the listeners are just tuning out. They're like, all right, we're not listening for the next couple weeks. Uh, <laughs> I'll hope to get some good guests on. I have a couple people I have in mind. Um, if you've listened this far and you want to come on and chat some basketball with me, let me know. Please hit me up on Twitter at OMG Bradshaw. Let Karina know if you want to, and then she could relay it to me. That'd be a, don't, there's no need for a middle person here, but you can go to Karina as well. I feel Karina more comfortable MM. reaching out to me than go for it. That's true. I'm not a very approachable person. Um, <laughs> my Twitter, I'm very hostile on Twitter. As people have seen, I'm very aggressive. I, I take myself very seriously. Uh, <laughs> you could do so at Karina MM on Twitter, or just reach out to the, the podcast account, follow the podcast account at shoot shot pod. We hit 140 today. We hit 140 today. I turned off the notifications for the podcast account because they were getting a bit much. So I haven't checked them in a little bit. But that's good to see. And it's good that people are listening. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. This has been so much fun. I'll be back next week. Uh, We'll see about Karina when she's next on. It'll be a little bit of time, but she's going on vacation. And then she's going to a job that actually is paying her. Because, unfortunately, my my payment of good times is not enough. No? Nothing? I mean... If, if Cinnabon decides they want to sponsor us, then maybe I can come back. That's true. We can make this a livable wage on this podcast and just do that forever. I think that'd be mm-hmm. the goal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. Again, I'll be back next week. Karina will be back yeah, whenever, whenever. She, whenever she decides to come back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Shoot your shot. Hey, come on now. Shoot your shot. Hey. Shoot your shot. Hey, come on now, shoot your shot. Shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, shoot your shot.